Hey, spooky friends, and welcome to the Three Twisted Sisters, hosted by Britt, Kay, and Lexi. And first and foremost, we would like to wish all of you ghouls and goblins a very happy Halloween! Happy Halloween, everybody. This is our bonus episode where we will be talking all about the history of All Hallows' Eve and really where the traditions that we still practice and celebrate today originated from. Yeah, I'm actually really excited. If you guys are watching on YouTube, Three Twisted Sisters podcast, you will see that, yes, again, we are dressed up as the origins of what we're talking about today. So, Brittany, a lovely <laughs> jack-o'-lantern, absolutely terrifying, will haunt me in my dreams for sure. Um, I think she looks very pretty. She looks beautiful, <laughs> as always. No, it is a little, it's a little scary. <laughs> a little freaky. Um, I'm going to be talking about the pagan origins oranges <laughs> origins of what we know today as halloween and i mean pagans still celebrate their you know beginnings of halloween and it's called Samhain, and we'll get into that so that's what i am lexi i am the day of the dead and if i must dia de los muertos oh beautiful thank you thank you yes yes so let's jump right into it so halloween has always been one of my favorite holidays of the year um just like the magic that goes into it is just it's just so fun you know to dress up and you get candy and all of the decorations and things it's just i like the spooky factor of it a lot so, um, I always knew that it came from ancient, ancient, <laughs> ancient, <laughs> from ancient traditions. <laughs> I like combine the words when it came out. I like it. Um, that it had, you know, those ancient origins, but I didn't realize that it was <laughs> an ancient origins. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Ancient origins that it was, you know, over two <laughs> <laughs> Ancient traditions. I just didn't realize that it was over 2000 years old. So, Halloween was originally called Samhain and it was a Celtic pagan holiday where to celebrate it was to celebrate the end of summer and the beginning of fall and the harvest time. They also believed, like so many other traditions, that it was a day where spirits and ghosties could freely walk the earth. Um, thin veil kind of thing, Lexi will talk about a little bit later. Um, now on this day, there were several traditions like dressing in costumes, to hide their identity from said spirits and adorning black and orange colors when possible. Now, black was representing the death of summer. Summer? <laughs> Never heard of her. 
<laughs> One of the jokes I put in. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> an orange being autumn's harvest season. Now, Kay will talk more about the pagan beliefs, but I'll continue with a few major traditions that we still do to this day. Firstly, jack-o'-lanterns. So carving jack-o'-lanterns actually originated in Ireland after a legend about a, a man named Stingy Jack, the Pumpkin King. I'm just kidding. So Stingy Jack's legend goes a little something like this. He was a fearful man, mainly fearful of where exactly he would go after he died, which I'll give him some credit. It's a common human fear, I suppose. But the legend states Jack was also incredibly stingy, cheap, tricky, and selfish. Now, apparently Jack invited the devil himself to join him for a drink one night. And tricky old Jack had no interest in paying for said drink and asked the devil if he could turn himself into a coin so Jack was able to pay for their drinks. In turn, the devil turned himself into a coin only for Jack to keep this coin as his own and put it in his pocket next to a silver cross. The devil was trapped. Then Jack freed the devil, but only on certain conditions. That one, the devil would not bother him for at least a year. And two, when Jack dies, the devil would not claim his soul. So the following year, Jack <laughs> and the I know. So the following year, Jack and the devil met up again, this time at the base of a fruit tree. Now, Jack somehow tricked the devil into climbing the tree for a piece of fruit, only to carve a cross into the tree trunk, trapping the devil again. Jack would only free him if he promised not to bother him for 10 whole years. It's a dangerous game there, Jackie boy. Why, why didn't... He just said 10 years to start off. I, know, he's like, no. I mean, I'm not like in favor of the devil at all, but this is pretty inconvenient to try but to meet like, up with this fool at all. Or be like, don't bother me ever again. Like, yeah, because the devil, you can't trust him. So he's like building like I can get you trapped. So don't play with me. Type of thing. You know what I mean? Are you Jack? <laughs> Are you stingy, Jack? No, it just makes stingy sense. Jack <laughs> stingy Jack himself. <laughs> so the devil agreed to this. And unfortunately, not long after, Stingy Jack died. Poor old Jackie. Now he had already made a plane, plane, already <laughs> made a plan with the devil to avoid going to hell. But unfortunately, God was not too keen to Jack's tricks. God said he and his unsavory soul were in fact not allowed in heaven. And after both traps that he had laid on the devil, the devil did not want him in hell. Like, damn, dude. 
<laughs> not even the devil wants you. My gosh. Mm-hmm. So it is said that the devil sent Jack's spirit on his way after Jack went, you know, crawling back and saying, can you let me in? Like, <laughs> no doors would open for him. <laughs> um, so the, the devil sent Jack's spirit on his way into the darkness of night with a single burning coal to light his way. Jack then put the coal into a carved turnip and has been strolling the earth ever since. So he was then named the Jack of the Lantern or the more Irish name Jack-o'-lantern. Ireland, Scotland, and England took on this legend and carved faces into turnips, potatoes, and beets, placing them into their windows with a candle inside to ward off evil spirits and stingy Jack, who's like, can someone let me in, (laughs) please? (laughs) So fast forward to colonial America, Many Irish and Scottish immigrants settled in the southern colonies, bringing their All Hallows' Eve traditions to their new home. And they quickly subbed all previous root vegetables because, can you, I saw some pictures of carved turnips and they look so, (laughs) plus their little hearts, they're so creepy. (laughs) So they quickly subbed all previous root vegetables for the American native fruit, the pumpkin, um, sparkling the night light for our beloved Halloween tradition. Now, I'm going to discuss trick or treating Mm. and the origins. So my kids have been asking lately, what would the trick be like if we're we say trick or treat like what is that and it got me thinking like curiosa and curiosa what does this where does this even come from you know that your internal like monologues that what it sounds like (laughs) (laughs) that's a little accent (laughs) i like it yeah (laughs) so way back in a thousand a.d Pagan celebrations were clearly denounced by the rise in Christianity, although a similar belief was still intact, and they began celebrating All Souls Day on November 2nd. Now, on this particular day, the wealthy would bake treats and pastries called soul cakes for the poor and less fortunate in exchange that they would then pray for the wealthy's dearly departed loved ones. So the Irish and the Scottish adopted this tradition and made it their own, calling it ghoulies, where children and young adults would then dress up and sing a song or tell jokes, even perform tricks before collecting a treat. Trick or treat. Like juggling? Yeah, but absolutely. Any sort of little jig they could um what if i just like did this it's a trick man the best trick i've ever seen (laughs) i've actually been trick-or-treating before where i'm gonna talk about that i'm gonna talk about that oh you are yes (laughs) are you sure (laughs) yes (laughs) so in 1951 fast forward 1951 america 
Charlie Brown comics illustrated the peanut gang dressing in costumes and trick-or-treating on Halloween night. And this was officially branding the Halloween tradition as an established tradition in America. So fun fact, fruit, nuts, coins, baked goods, and treats like candy were regular trick-or-treating prizes until around 1970 when the safest bet on non-tampered non treats for kids because humans unfortunately suck and you know that the myth of razor blades in your candy or you know poisoned candy was all too real unfortunately um, and it launched the candy companies to create single wrapped candies or fun sized candies so they were all packaged and safe for children to eat now <laughs> you started saying this but do you guys remember ever going trick-or-treating and having like we had this one strange neighbor in our neighborhood growing up and every freaking year he would be like aren't you gonna do a trick what's your trick yeah that's what's what i remember trick? and then i was like give me fucking candy fool. isn't it the person giving that has because you know you trick? knock on the door and then you go trick or treat and then he goes okay tell me your trick no but wouldn't it be like if i say trick or treat like i have the candy right trick or treat or if they say trick or treat right it's my choice to either give them candy or show them a trick right so why would he ask you to show you why do children ask the person that they're knocking on the door of trick or treat so they could do a trick no they so it's trick or treat so do you want me to a tr to do a trick or do i just get a treat but it's oh i thought it would be the other way like you either get shown a trick or you get candy one or the other but yeah so those are my notes for mm -hmm. halloween traditions nice <laughs> nice little song too oh thank you yeah, I thought the Stingy Jack um, legend was really cool, though. It is, yeah. <laughs> but I like that. What a dangerous game to be playing. <laughs> no, I, I gotta say, I side with God on that one. It seemed a little sketch that you should, because, like, why are you trying to be mean? Right. You know what I mean? That's how I, that's what I got was, like, you try and like, leave the fool alone. Who gives a fuck? I thought he was kind of cool for it. Well, hopefully you don't end up walking right next to Stingy Jagger all of eternity <laughs> trying to knock on people's doors. Yeah. I thought it was neat that they are like, and the devil turned him away but gave him one burning coal. And it's like, <laughs> great, what do yeah. I do with this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sticking into a turnip and walk around forever. <laughs> I I think that's pretty interesting. Stingy Jack sounds very weird, and the trick or treating stuff is just interesting. But we still do it, so yeah. Whatever. I think Stingy Jack is—I mean, he was like the trickster, just yeah. playing a game, and all the while, like securing the fact that oh, I'm not going to go to hell. And then God's like, "Sir, you're not coming." <laughs> You're not coming here. <laughs> Hello? God's like, stop talking about him. 
Sorry. <laughs> he was gifted one coal and one turnip for all eternity. <laughs> so Brittany talked a little bit already about some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about, which is paganism and their tradition of Samhain. So ancient Celts, they believed that Samhain was the most important out of all four fire festivals of the year, all quarterly fire festivals of the year. So it does fall right in the middle between the summer equinox and the winter solstice. And that's where you get Samhain from. Okay. So during that time of the year, hearth fires in family homes were left to burn out on their own while all of the harvest was gathered. And then after the harvest work was done, the all the participants in the celebrations would join, join together with a druid to light a community fire using a wheel that would cause friction and spark flames. And this wheel was considered a representation of the sun and used along with their prayers. So during these kind of rituals, cattle were sacrificed and participants took a flame from the communal bonfire back to their home to relight their hearths. So I thought that was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, early texts present Samhain as a mandatory celebration. It lasted three days and three nights where the community was required to show themselves to their local kings. Okay. Failure to do so or to participate at all was believed to result in punishment from the gods, usually in illness or death. Whoa. Yeah. So that's kind of, I thought that was kind of weird, but it was pretty cool that that, that was kind of <laughs> law back then. So like Britt had mentioned earlier, the Celts believed that the barrier between the worlds was thinner or breachable during this time. And they prepared offerings during Samhain to left, left outside so that the spirits that were planning on crossing over could enjoy some of their offerings. Um, they also left offerings for the fairies. Now, if you guys know anything about paganism or just ancient Celtic beliefs at all, fairies played a big part in it. A lot of different monsters did, but um, fairies, they're kind of tricksters. So the Celts believed that if they gave the offerings, then it would protect them from any fairies wanting to kidnap <laughs> anyone. So offerings were left out for not just family members or ancestors, but also for some of the creatures that would come out during that time as well. And the Celts then would dress as animals or monsters again, so that the fairies were not tempted to kidnap them. So pretty cool. And that's kind of one of the other places where we get costumes from on Halloween. Um, All Hallows Eve kind of believes that it's to ward off any evil. And that's kind of exactly where that's coming from too it's to dress up as an animalistic monster so that they don't feel like they can kidnap you so some creatures that the celts believed visited the Samhain uh rituals were uh, creatures called dulahan so these creatures sometimes appeared impish and sometimes as headless men on horses who carried their heads Riding flame-eyed horses, their appearance was a death omen to anyone who encountered them. So the spirit clear of them. There was also a group of hunters known as the fairy host 
they might also haunt the Samhain rituals and they will kidnap people. Oh, yeah. Uh, some other ones would come from the West and enter the houses and steal souls during. Yeah. Very scary things happening. Definitely. Uh, we do definitely still take on the horror tradition of what they believed happened during those times. Right. Pretty interesting, though. Um, during the Middle Ages, as the Middle Ages kind of progressed and different things were changing in society, uh, the celebration of fire festivals actually progressed and continued. It did change. It wasn't the same as it was in ancient times or earlier than but they did still take on certain aspects of it. So a lot of bonfires near the farms in certain villages happened and they started to become tradition. Um, usually it was to protect the families from fairies and witches. That was kind of the idea of continuing their traditions. And then you did have the carved turnips, our jack-o'-lanterns. Um, those started to appear and they were sometimes attached to strings and sticks and embedded with coal. Uh, the When the Irish came to America, like Britt said, they did switch them to pumpkins. Did you Thank know, God. fun fact, um, I forgot to mention this, Halloween, like with the, because it is a mainly like um, a American holiday that is celebrated, like, it's worldwide known, but we like really celebrate it here in America. But um, the Irish and Scottish immigrants who mainly settled in Southern states brought like, you know, the Halloween traditions. Um, so I thought it was cool. A lot of the sources I was reading, well, two of the sources I was reading um, just kept, you know, like harping on uh, Halloween started in the South. <laughs> The drama. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween started in ancient Celtic times. Okay, so let's get that straight. But no, that's that's pretty interesting. It is super popular in America. I mean, I've never been to another country, so I don't know how the other countries are. But it is pretty popular here, which I think is pretty cool because I it's one of my favorite holidays, too. Um, so... Another thing that happened real quick during the Middle Ages was in Wales, oddly enough, men would toss burning wood at each other in violent games and set off fireworks. Pretty interesting that they had violent fights. I don't know. Throwing burning wood at each other? <clears throat> like, I mean, that's what we do on a normal Tuesday night, but... <laughs> I don't know. No, we don't. Very interesting. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, another important thing that comes with um, this kind of pagan tradition is dumb suppers. So I've actually performed dumb suppers, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But basically, it's a tradition. It began during the time of the Samhain, when that kind of began. And it was a time where food was consumed by the celebrants or the family members during this supper, but only after inviting ancestors to join in, giving their families a chance to interact with the spirits until after they left dinner. Um, children would play games and entertain the dead, while the adults would update the dead on the past year's news. 
Uh, that night, doors and windows might be left open for the dead to come in and eat the cakes that had been left for them. So I've actually done that with my children when we've lost people that are close to us. We've done a couple of dumb suppers and it's like an outworldly experience. It's so, it brings us so close and it kind of changes the grieving process from being so heartbreaking and so horrible and traumatizing to really peaceful and you can laugh and, and it's was really positive for us. So it, I like it. I don't know if you guys ever want to do a dumb supper. It's very interesting. So, so once Christianity kind of started taking a hold of pagan communities and they were starting the conversion, um, church leaders attempted to reframe Samhain as a Christian celebration. So the first attempt was made by Pope Boniface in the fifth century, and he moved the celebration to May 13th and specified it as a day for celebrating saints. And the fire festivals of October and November did not end with that. So it just kept it. All they did was move the day to May 13th, but they kept the fire. That's such a time. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but in the ninth century, Pope Gregory moved the celebration back to the time of the fire festivals, but declared it All Saints Day on November 1st and All Souls Day on November 2nd. So that is still in place today in Christian communities. Um, and then Halloween is celebrated on October 31st. <laughs> Excuse my brain fart there for a second. Too many numbers going around. But um, I think that's pretty interesting. From the ninth century, that was when All Saints Day and All Souls Day kind of actually took place. It's weird. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. It's been a while. But yeah, that is a very brief overview um, of Samhain and the pagan traditions that we now know today as Halloween. All yeah. right. <laughs> Let's talk about the Day of the Dead. So it is a Spanish holiday where um, the relatives of people who have passed away get to welcome their souls back into like their home for about 24 hours. <laughs> and it's normally like a celebration. So like there's an altar with your loved one's pictures on it and like stuff that they enjoyed in their waking life to kind of help bring them back home you know it's like you're giving them little offerings mm -hmm. yeah um and it's celebrated between october 31st and november 2nd so it's celebrated through those three days and it's that the children get to come back to their homes for 24 hours starting at midnight on the 31st so that's when the souls of the children who have passed away get to come and then for the adults, it's for the second, which is pretty cool. I didn't know it was split up like that. I didn't either. Um, oh, gosh. The Day of the Dead, or Dia de los Muertos, look at me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, has been celebrated for about 3,000 years. Jeez. Yeah, so it's like pretty, pretty popular. Mm -hmm. I'll say. Mm -hmm. I'll say. <laughs> and uh, the Aztecs, and I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to butcher this, but the Noah cultures um, believed that 
the death process was just like an integrated part of life. I thought that was like a nice little spin on it. That is. And it said, spin. <laughs> it said that the people who have passed away, that their souls travel to the land of the dead. And it's called, I'm going to, it's going to sound so funky. And I apologize in advance. <laughs> Chiki Nu Klan. That is my best way of pronunciating that. I'm pretty sure I butchered it. Day of the, it's not the day, sorry. It's the land of the dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it said that, like, once they arrive, arrive there, there is nine, like, challenging journeys they have to take that's going to last for, like, years. My God. Soul. Yeah. And then they're going to finally reach Miklan, which is the final stage for resting like the resting spot after Mm. like the nine phases did you say that was aztec yeah that's so crazy the egyptians have a similar kind of like afterlife like trials you go through too Mm -hmm. what i think is very interesting yeah there there it is again different cultures in completely different parts of the world that never meshed with each other do believe different things and celebrate different things. And they like, had pyramids. They both yeah, had pyramids. They did. And um, like the pagans celebrating Samhain and then the Hispanics coming up with Dia de los Muertos, which takes the same three days and does the exact same types of celebration. I think that's so cool. It is really cool. We yeah. are all connected. To be a fly on the wall. What would you do? Watch. (laughs) I'd watch. Everyone would would swat at you. What do you mean? -uh, This is like ancient times. They're not swatting flies. Flies are everywhere. (laughs) Isn't their lifespan like 24 hours? Oh, that's all I mean. (laughs) 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 That's cool. It was uh, whenever they made Coco. The Disney movie. Oh, that was cool. Oh my gosh. I um I didn't don't know if this is true and I didn't know about it until I saw it, so I don't know. That if you don't have your loved one's picture up, they can't come back. Yeah. I don't know how much of that is true, but that's kind of crazy to think about. Like you just forget to put someone up, they can't come in. No, it's horrible. And uh I think about that sometimes because after we saw Coco, me and the boys have wanted to do, like, altars and stuff for people that we've lost. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's someone else's culture. I don't know if I should do it or not. But then I'm like, what if they can't come through, though? And they're just like, Coco's grandpa or great-grandpa just sitting there like, please let me through. I can't handle the idea of maybe that's happening. But I don't know. It's it's crazy. We'll find out, I guess, one day. Mm-hmm. I'm an eyelash. No, like, oh. You know, in um, <laughs> referencing Coco, when they see the man who's been, like, completely forgotten and he, like, turns into, like, that sparkly dust, part of me is like, oh, he's, he's moved on to, like, heaven. His final resting spot. Exactly. So I'm like, maybe it's not because... Like we were saying a little bit ago, like we don't have pictures of our, you know, like ancestors from long, long ago. 
So thinking like they've just turned to dust. Well, maybe they've, you know, recycled up to their final resting spot. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not the stages, because if they're still in that like in between spot where they're like chilling up until they can go back and see their family, this is bugging the shit out of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't look at myself. You're scary. I can't stop looking at you. (laughs) I'm trying and I'm like, my sticker keeps coming off. It's like, no. Twisted listeners, thank you for tuning in and listening to our Halloween episode. Yes. Happy Halloween, guys. Um, Again, if you're watching this on our YouTube, you can see us in our full, fun, Halloween inspired outfits. Um, that our YouTube is Three Twisted Sisters Podcast. Uh, we want to hear your guys' favorite Halloween traditions. Do you still carve turnips or do you carve pumpkins now? Let us know. Comment on our YouTube, Three Twisted Sisters Podcast. Send us a message, like, and subscribe on our Instagram or TikTok at underscore Three Twisted Sisters, or send us an email to Three Twisted Sisters Podcast at gmail.com. We want to know your fun story, so definitely let us know. Yes, and we want you guys, you know, we're wishing you a very safe and happy Halloween. And other than that, take care and stay Stay twisted. twisted.